This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And Gabby, I think we're going to stray away from our typical Monday podcast routine. Um, And the reason why I say that is I I think we're just going to make this podcast a mailbag edition. Started a thread today on the inside the U.com message board for our VIP uh, subscribers at about noon. I said, hey, want to do this podcast as a mailbag style of podcast. Uh, so drop your questions in this thread. Uh, you know, so it's now three o'clock, which is when we normally record here on Monday afternoon. And I have locked the thread and we're going to dive into the questions. I have to admit. I have not vetted these questions, so hopefully people are <laughs> gonna, not putting gonna, me in a bad spot. We're going to freestyle it a little bit. We're going to freestyle. We're going to shoot from the hip as much as we can um, while being fair, of course. And look, I'll be honest, too. Like, If I don't know the answer to something, I'm just going to straight up say, I don't know the answer to this. Now, I can give my opinions on things um, from what I do know, but if I don't know something, I will say straight up, I don't know. If I have an opinion on something, I will straight up say, this is an opinion, et cetera. So let's dive into it. And Gabby, let's make this just a quick, you know, relatively quick, I should say 30 minutes. I'm going to start the 30 minute timer on my iPhone now. And uh, let's get into it. First question is from Ma Brown 43. He says, he just gets right to it. He says, not really a question. But would, but would you want, uh, sorry, reading message board posts can be dicey at times. Not really a question, but what is your gut feeling on how the next two or three weeks play out with names and everything? Also, what's your perfect scenario as a fan of things to happen? Okay, so in terms of like the next two or three weeks, in terms of names, I, I honestly cannot, I don't know. Um, What I can say in terms of like what I, you know, my personal crystal ball, this is my opinion, right? I think, uh, you know, the next athletic director will be hired either this week or soon after the Duke game, right? Um, I then think a decision will be made uh, on Manny Diaz soon after that. And Miami will begin a coaching search. Uh, Hopefully, they are able to come. I think their first choice, if they do go that route, would be Mario Cristobal. And it is up to them to come with a package and a vision and an AD that Mario Cristobal 
deems acceptable. And if he does, he will make that move from Oregon to Miami. Um, if everything is not on point, he will stay in Oregon. From there, I know there is a lot of Lane Kiffin chatter. Uh, and I do believe like Lane would definitely be highly interested in Miami. I'm not saying Miami would not be highly interested in Lane. I just personally don't necessarily feel as strong in my belief uh, that they would go all in on Lane. I'm not saying they won't. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying the information I know more about right now is Mario Cristobal because I do believe he would be target number one. Again, if this new AD makes the decision. And let me say this too. I don't necessarily think a decision on Manny will be made on like Sunday, the day after the Duke game. I think Miami's going to wait at least a day, maybe two days, maybe longer. And this timeline is based on there. There is a belief out there. I haven't really confirmed it. I mean, people I do trust ha have told me this, but I haven't straight up confirmed it that there is a little bit of a buyout drop, not nothing huge, nothing like significant, but a little bit of a buyout drop for Manny Diaz on December 1st. So if a decision on Manny hasn't been made, which is Wednesday of that, you know, the week after the Duke game. So if a decision hasn't been made, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I think the decisive day is going to be Wednesday um, in terms of we'll know kind of where things stand, I think, by then. That's just my opinion, my take on that. Um, what about you, Gabby? Reading the tea leaves, do you want to make any predictions? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just to some sort of hammer home some of your points, uh, I, I would see the I would expect the next two, three weeks to play out pretty similarly. Um, I, again, getting the AD in seems like priority number one right now. And yes. after that, the AD is going to have to make their own decision, which I think they're going to give them the ability to do to sort of evaluate the situation with Coach Diaz and sort of see whether he wants to keep him or sort of move on. Um, I mean, typically with these things, you sort of see them, you know, hire a new head coach too. So I think even if, let's say, Manny Diaz were to win on on Saturday and win decisively against a pretty bad Duke team, um, I, I'm not sure that sways things in either direction. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be a, some sort of a, a fight from Manny Diaz's camp in terms of just wanting to keep him around. But I think ultimately, I mean, again, just reading the tea leaves, I mean, just historically, you look at some of these like moves and it just typically leads to the head coach being replaced. And so I would expect them to sort of zero in on Mario Cristobal. Um, you know, it seems like, again, with him losing on Saturday to Utah, knocking him out of that college football playoff picture, I think that, uh, you know, that could potentially happen maybe a little quicker uh, than it would have otherwise, or just made it more possible than it would have been had he won and continued to trend towards playing in that college football playoff. So um, if it's not Cristobal, again, David, you mentioned Lane Kiffin. Outside of that, I'm not really sure where else they would turn at this point. So I think we just got to kind of wait and see how, how the rest of the sort of plays out. Agreed. Next question from Kane Thang 706 asks, what are the realistic chances Manny survives another year? Hope he is out Sunday morning. LOL. Um, yeah. I mean, I do look, 
I do think there's a slim chance Manny does come back. But if I, in my opinion, if I am projecting, I don't expect Manny to come back. Gabby, quickly. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't see him come back. I think the only realistic chances that he does survive is if, again, you win out, Mario basically says no, uh, can't right. figure it out with Lane, and they basically decide to just move forward another year with Manny and sort of see maybe how the coaching carousel goes next year or see if even, you know, at that point, maybe they even hope he just is just turns it around, which is who knows what happens. But I think the only way he realistically survives another year is if they really strike out on Mario, uh, Mario Cristobal and, and Lane Kiffin. Next question, Polo Bear. You all have mentioned that players and recruits really like Manny and that if he were retained, that recruiting might heat up. Did we say that? I don't, I don't think so, but it's okay. We can continue. Yeah. I don't, sorry, Polo Bear. I don't think I've said that. The question I have is, do you think any high f- profile players will leave if Manny goes? And do you think more high profile players within South Florida would come if Mario takes over compared to Manny staying, i.e. Nigel Kelly, who Mario is chasing at Oregon. So quickly, uh, I don't think from a recruiting perspective, retaining Manny makes much sense. Uh, And yes, I do think if they're able to get Mario in, uh, you know, before the early signing period, I think there is a chance he gets Miami back in the game with some of their top targets. Uh, I'm not predicting he would, he would land them because this is all hypothetical right now, but I do think like, I wouldn't be surprised if like at least one of like a Nigel league or a Wesley Besaint or, you know, potentially even a Shamar Stewart might be more interested um, in terms of players leaving. If Manny goes, yeah. I mean, that's always going to happen with the coaching change again. I think it's short-sighted in some ways to like worry about that. Uh, the bottom line in college football is get the head coach. And uh, so if, if you get a Mario Cristobal and it means players leave because they don't want to play for Mario Cristobal, for example, you know, wish them luck. Gabby, quickly. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with basically everything you said. You need to make a long-term decision here. It can't be about players leaving. You need to think long-term and, Really, the resume speaks for itself. Mario Cristobal will probably eventually land better players throughout his tenure, and you sort of figure it out at that point. So um, that's how I would sort of feel there. I think you go recruiting long-term over the short-term of keeping players that are currently on the roster. Big Dog Daddy U asks, how has Cody Brown been playing over Thad for this long? So I can quickly answer this. You know, this is dating back to high school days. Thad is not Thad Franklin, the freshman running back, played at the end of this uh, Virginia Tech game, did well, kind of killing the game off there. Um, Thad, dating back to his high school years, has never been necessarily known as like a quote-unquote practice player, right? Um, So, and honestly, Rhett Lashley said that today. He said he's been practicing better in in recent weeks. and that's why he's starting to see the field more. But I, I agree with the, I think, general theme of the question. If you're comparing the two players, I do think Thad is, is more talented and a better running back. You have any thoughts there, Gabby? 
Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, I feel like Thad came might have came come in a little heavy too. They were pretty excited about Cody Brown coming in. I mean, crazy numbers up in the Atlanta area. I kind of understand why he might have gotten the nod early on, but it feels like Thad, uh, you know, could potentially be a weapon for this offense with just his ability to fall forward and get that and just be sort of a short yardage, just like chunk up those like little like three to like seven yard runs on top of each other. C. Perry Coe asks, if we hire Jurich, and I, he's referring to Tom Jurich, who I wrote VIP notes about on the website. So if you want to subscribe, get some inside scoop there on, on a name uh, to know with this AD search. Uh, Tom Jurich, former Louisville AD. Do you, at, do you think he would try to renegotiate a bigger Adidas deal due to his Adidas ties or look for another brand? I know he is super aggressive with fundraising. And this is all hypothetical, right? Uh, but Jurich is known as a guy who does a great job. Like, okay, Blake James has a reputation of being a tremendous fundraiser. I'm not necessarily sure if there's much proof in that. Uh, Tom Jurich, there is proof in that. Uh, he signed a 10-year, $160 million deal with Adidas, uh, I believe in 2017. I do know he still has a lot of strong relationships at the very top of Adidas. He is well-liked at the top of Adidas. Um, so, I mean, look, I think that potential's there. I think he would also do his due diligence if he was the AD. Again, we're all speaking hypotheticals here uh, in terms of like exploring other brand opportunities if those arose. Kind of, you know, making the move from Nike to Adidas was all about money. So it's kind of just like a show us the money type deal. Next question. Trula asks, if they were able to backdoor negotiate with Cristobal and he agreed to take the job, would they still definitely wait to move on to, to make a move until just January 15th when both buyouts drop? I don't think so. I think if Mario tells him, uh, you know, let's just say hypothetically after this regular season, Mario tells Miami, you know, yeah, I'm in. I think it would be a go. Now, I do think, you know, if Oregon's in the Pac-12 championship game, I don't know. I would assume Mario would coach that, so that pushes the timeline back a little bit. But I don't think the January 15th Mario Cristobal buyout dropping is necessarily a, an issue for Miami right now. To me, the only thing with the January th – uh, timeline with Mario Cristobal at play was like if they made a run at the college football playoff but then in addition to that just logically Mario Cristobal is not leaving a college football playoff team uh, for another college job Holo Bear asks another question oh sorry he just made a comment this shows that I did not vet these questions probably. <laughs> um U to you 20. Can you give a rundown on Tom Jurich? Uh, specifically what he brings to the table in terms of fundraising facility, other sports, etc. Yeah. So I gave a rundown on that, the VIP notes. Um, like I said, landed a huge Adidas deal at Louisville. To me, one of the more impressive things about Tom is he took Louisville. He was there from 1997 to 2017. 
he took Louisville from Conference USA to the Big East to the ACC. Uh, those are big jumps. And I know, like, moving forward, Miami's decision makers want a guy who has a plan or a vision navigating the uncertain future of the next five years, right? The ACC is stuck in a terrible TV contract. Are there going to be opportunities for Miami to jump to another conference? Uh, what would be the vision to potentially do that? I also think Tom Jurich does a tremendous job um, tapping into deep pocket boosters. You know, I think Papa John's Stadium is the name of Louisville Stadium, football stadium. Um, I know he had other relationships with big money in Louisville. And in general, too, I'll say this about Tom. Like, yes, he, he was, at the end of the day, uh, relieved of his duties at Louisville because the pro the basketball program got caught up in an Adidas basketball FBI scandal. For whatever it's worth, he was absolved of any wrongdoing in that. Um, and I will say, like, people up in Louisville hold him in high, high, high regard. He is beloved there because of the tremendous job he did um, leading the Louisville program. It also says, how do you think a Jurich, Alonzo, Highsmith combination would work out? Yeah, I think that would work out great. I think the vision would be, you know, Alonzo kind of leading the football side of things in the athletic department, kind of overseeing that. In addition to that, I think a guy like Mario Cristobal would find that attractive if that arrangement was made. So, yeah. Next question, C. Perry Coe, if Tom Jurich is hired, do you think Zoe is also hired? I think Alonzo, I don't know if, I'll, I think I've written on the website. Is Alonzo Highsmith going to be the AD? Like the straight up AD? No, I, I don't see that, but I do see a role for him in the building in terms of like overseeing the football program in some way. I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, do you think Jurich and a new head coach would, would be okay with giving up some of their authority to him. How would that work? Again, I think there is a uh, mutual respect between Alonzo Highsmith and right. Mario Cristobal. So I don't think that would be an issue. Tom Jurich is uh, a guy who wants to jump back into being an athletic director. And if Miami comes at him with this opportunity, I don't think Tom Jurich can necessarily turn it down and say, oh, I'm not going to come because Alonzo Highsmith is going to undercut me as a leader, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, Gabby, here's one for you. S short 33. What is your favorite Thanksgiving dish slash side? What do you got? Oof, that's a good one. I mean, I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a, like a mix in everything that you got type of dude. Like I'll throw everything on the plate and just let him, let them dance together. But, um, I mean, I think that's I got to go. That's a Dan Mullen move, by the way. Is, is it? Yeah, he talked about that last year. Oh, yeah, that's, like, totally my thing. Like, I'll mix it all up. But, like, sweet potato casserole, um, like, with, like, cream corn and mashed potatoes. Like, I'll just let all that stuff just, like – I'm not a huge turkey guy. That That's one thing I'm not, like, big on. But, I mean, I love, like, cream corn, uh, cream of corn – mashed potatoes, a sweet potato casserole. Stuffing is something I recently started liking. Like when I was younger, I was like super weirded out by stuffing, but I'm a big stuffing guy now. So 
man, just, just give it to me all. But I, I'll, I can honestly do, I'll eat the turkey just so there's like some protein on there, but I'm not a huge turkey guy. Uh, give me like a Christmas How much ham. turkey you go with? Like one slice, two slices? Yeah, slice. I'll, probably get a, I'll probably get a couple slices just because it's Thanksgiving. Okay. I'm not going to like not eat it, but um, I'm not like, I'm not going to like stuff my plate with turkey. Like that's not, I'm not that guy. I, I'm, I'm all into the sides. My mom also makes a fire macaroni and cheese, which I think I've talked about before, but I'm also about the macaroni and cheese that my mom makes. I go stuffing and sweet potato casserole. Yeah. But yeah, I eat it all. I don't necessarily mix it up, but I wouldn't be opposed. Like, I'm not necessarily disgusted by that. Yeah. Um, tell me this. Do you guys do like for dinner, the turkey sandwiches? Oh, after like yeah. leftovers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotta do I, I, I'll do leftovers for like the next like three days after that. Right. Right. All about that. MJC Miami <clears throat> says with Camor offer, does that, does this help? with the Henderson twins. If Manny leaves, how badly will this affect the class? Gabby, you're the recruiting guy. Yeah. I mean, with Cam Moore, I think that's a, just a very interesting plot Explain twist. Explain that. Uh, Explain that whole scenario. Yeah. So, um, I mean, a lot of Miami fans at this point are familiar with the Henderson twins, uh, Jakari and Damari Henderson. They play up at Sanford Seminole. Um, Cam Moore is a linebacker that plays on their team. He's in the same class as them. And, and he's like, he's their best friend. Uh, he was going to UCF, didn't have a ton of like real, like major college football options. Um, he is a big reason why they all sort of decided to team up together. I think this is Miami's effort to sort of get the Henderson twins on board. But from what I understand, um, they're kind of feeling more at the same time too. Like, I'm not like, I do believe that the intent is get the Henderson twins, but I think at the same time, they're sort of looking at more and sort of thinking like, hey, maybe this is a guy that they can play that can potentially play here. So it's an interesting twist in things. Um, you know, I guess I get it. If you really like those guys at the end of the day, it's a small class. And, uh, you know, if you add one guy like that, I mean, they've tend to take some project guys in the past, too. So, I mean, this wouldn't be like super uncharacteristic, but I think it is interesting the sort of timing of it. And, um, you know, really the intent here, it seems like I said from the beginning, like, you know, UCF legitimately beat out Miami for the Henderson twins. Like that was not like a fluke or anything like that. Like they absolutely wanted these kids. And so, you know, I think this is just their way of sort of trying to write that to tr sort of get all three of them on board with, with Miami. If Manny leaves, how badly does it affect the class? Yeah. Um, I think it affects it. I mean, but again, I think the long term of it matters more than like the short term. Again, like in the short term, maybe you don't even lose all the guys. Maybe you lose a, a few of them. Again, there's only eight of them. I think there's a couple guys that might come that could potentially come anyways. Um, but yeah, there, there will be some attrition. Um, you know, you might lose uh, Kamari Rogers. Um, you might lose a Chikari Brown. You might lose an Isaiah Horton. Um, I'm interested. I think like a Markeith Williams might come anyways. Um, a land in Ivieta, I guess the other, the next staff would have to decide if that's someone that they wanted, because I'm not sure how many other options he really has. Uh, Chris Gray's is a guy I'm starting to feel like kind of comes regardless, uh, as, as well. Um, so yeah, there might be some, I could see Jakari Brown signing regardless too. Like, I mean, who, like, I'm not really sure, you know, if he's going to see a ton of schools before it's time for him to sign, I guess it, it is possible. But at this point, I don't think anything's been sort of set up or anything like that. So, uh, you know, it'll, it'll affect it in a way, but not in a way that you base your decision on whether to keep him or move on from him. 
um, off the potential of signing this class, in my opinion. Mike Lebreu asks, transfer portal, who do you see leaving if Manny is gone? Who's gone if Manny stays? I'm reluctant to like speculate on that. I honestly don't have like names at the tip of my tongue now. And, and quite frankly, like this platform's too big to like just speculate on stuff like that. I think just everyone needs to have the mindset that like, no matter what, no matter who the coach is, no matter, this is a different era, players are going to hit the portal every year from now on. It's just going to be the way it is. Um, it's just too soon to speculate. Let's see how the dust settles with these uh, moves and, uh, you know, we'll see what the deal is then. Canes rise 18 next commit for UM Gabby. Let's hear it. You're muted. Gabby, I think you're muted. I got you now. You got me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I could see like a Jeffrey Emba type, uh, the number one Juco player in the country, defensive lineman. He officially visited Miami. Uh, I feel like he's someone that's, that's legitimately interested um, again, we'll see how that goes. If there's a head coaching change, um, there's a couple guys officially visiting that weekend of, of December 3rd, like a Jaden Harris. I could see him being the next, uh, commit. Uh, he's a cornerback out of Atlanta Westlake. Uh, you know, he officially visited Kansas state this past weekend. He's going to get to Miami on December 3rd. I think Virginia will also get an official visit from him. I could see Miami sort of, sort of come in full circle on him. Um, I mean, really, those are like the names I got for you. I can't really think of anyone like off the top of my head where I feel super confident saying that he's going to be the next commit. Wesley Besaint, maybe. I mean, one more day. You got to wait till December 4th for that one. Um, I guess it could be Wesley Besaint uh, when he makes that decision on December 4th. I still feel pretty good about that. Um, not you? super great. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel horrible about it. Like, I mean, I don't All think right. that. I go. mean, let's see. Um, again, I think he's someone that maybe I, I, I can see it going either way, really. I know he really likes Manny Diaz. Like he's one of those guys that really likes him. And, you know, I think they, I think my people in Miami feel good about where they stand with him, especially getting him back on campus, uh, after that Florida state fiasco. I don't think anyone feels like that Florida state Miami game was enough to sway someone one way or the other. So I think they felt good before they still feel good about it based on some of those conversations I was able to have with those guys. And, uh, We'll see what happens. So I guess Wesley Besant could potentially be in there too, but don't feel super confident about either of those names. Omni Point asks, who is your preferred head coach candidate for both Gabby and David? If you don't want, if you want to wait for Manny to be official, I understand, but curious to hear discussion. So yeah, I mean, let's just say on the front side, front end, no decisions been made on Manny Diaz, et cetera. The new AD is going to make that decision. Um, but let's say hypothetically the new AD makes that decision, right? Gabby, I am a Mario Cristobal guy. And, and let me say this too. I think both Mario and Lane would be tremendous hires. Just because I say I, I'm a Mario guy doesn't mean I don't like Lane. I like them both. I lean towards Mario because I think he runs a good program. Uh, I think 
he would check that recruiting box in a major, major, major way. Um, and two, I like what it would signal to the rest of the college football world. I'm tired of this narrative that Oregon's a better job than Miami. I'm tired of this narrative that Miami doesn't care about football. If Miami goes out and gets Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal is not coming to Miami on a discount. He's coming to Miami because Miami's made it clear to him, yo, we're going to give you legitimate resources to compete at a high level, right? Um, to me, all that stuff matters. And I think behind the scenes too, like Mario is going to hold the leadership accountable. If they try and cut corners and get cheap on him, it's going to be bad, bad, bad behind the scenes. Uh, if they don't hold their word with Mario Cristobal. Whereas I could see them walking over a guy like Lane Kiffin, quite frankly. But again, I think Lane Kiffin would, he'd obviously run a fun offense. He'd be fun from a media standpoint, from a media standpoint, in terms of covering the program, like Lane Kiffin would be a blast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but in terms of like what's best for the program, I think Mario would be best. Who do you got Gabby? Yeah, I'd go with Mario too. I, I think just from a recruiting standpoint, I'd go with Mario too. I think that there's definitely a separation between the two. Uh, I mean, Lane would be super exciting. I mean, just think about the prospect of here, like, you know, with a Tyler Van Dyke type. And we saw what he did, what he did with Matt Corral this, uh, you know, over the past couple of years, I mean, what he'd be able to do with an arm like Tyler Van Dyke and, and you know, sort of the weapons uh, on the team. I think that'd be super enticing. But I think Mario Cristobal, and I mean, also with Lane Kiffin, I feel like throughout his career, he's sort of shown the willingness to sort of jump around, um, you know, or he's just sort of moved around a lot. I'm not convinced that Miami's like, it would be like end game for a guy like Lane Kiffin. Not saying that that necessarily needs to be the criteria, but I think with Mario Cristobal, there's also like lifer potential where like, this is home for him. Um, you know, I'm not sure that once he gets the Miami job, he's going to necessarily be looking for that next step. Uh, you know, in his coaching career, at least from a college standpoint. So I would feel better just in terms of just stability of the program uh, going with Mario. And from a recruiting standpoint, really, I, I think Mario would, would have a significant advantage there over Lane. So um, that's probably why I'd lean Mario at this point. Again, hypothetically speaking, if they do decide to move on uh, from Manny Diaz. It does amuse me from just like a cane a Miami hurricane fan sphere discussion sphere, right? It does amuse me that like a month ago, the talking point was why would Mario move away from Oregon? Right. He has everything at Oregon. Why would he do that? Why would he come to Miami <laughs> now, now that it, it looks like it is possible, you know, the discussion is, well, Mario has all these flaws. Why would we want him? Yeah. It's just, it, it frustrates me. It makes me want to bang my head against the wall. Uh, <laughs> does Mario have flaws? Absolutely. Name, name one perfect coach in college football. Name, give me one coach that's never Nick lost. Saban. Like, Nick Saban, every, everyone loses. Nick Saban is the perfect coach. Generally speaking, all these other coaches are not like tremendous game day coaches. Kirby There's like Smart. a significant gap between like Nick Saban and like the field. Kirby Smart, not a good game day coach. Dabba Sweeney, not a good game day coach. Uh, I think Lincoln Riley is a very good offensive mind. Um, you know, and look, Lane Kiffin, obviously, tremendous offensive mind, genius, right? 
but there is, in my opinion, there's major maturity concerns. And again, I'm here for it all. I, I would take Lane in a heartbeat. But to amplify Mario Cristobal's flaws while ignoring Lane Kiffin's flaws is a little disingenuous. Um, Lane Kiffin also has some flaws. He also has some skeletons in his closet, uh, which from an administration standpoint, I would think would be concerning. Uh, but again, we'll cross that bridge if we ever get there. Um, Kane's Chief says, the players you are most excited about going into next year. Oh, there's the timer. So let's finish on this question. Critical. From Kane's Chief. The players you are most excited about going into next year, you know, the guys that are expected to come back as they continue to develop. He says, you can't say Tyler Van Dyke on offense, but he wants one on offense, one on defense. So I'll let you go first, just offense. Yeah, um, offensively, I mean, I'll probably, I mean, I think I'd pro- maybe, maybe, probably go Jalen Knighton, but I'm going to go Rashard Smith just because I like the home run hitting potential. And he has like two plays of 75 yards this year. Um, I like that they're sort of integrating him more out of the offense. I like how they're sort of using him from that backfield, kind of becoming like that Swiss army knife on offense. And I do think, I mean, I just watching him as a senior, just I, I kind of knowing the type of person he is. I think that he's someone that could take a big, big step year to year from like freshman year to, to sophomore year. And you know, I think he has like home run hitting ability. So I'd probably lean Brashard Smith. I think that he's a, an interesting talent and I'm excited to see what he sort of continue, how he continues to grow, uh, you know, moving forward into next year. I like that one. I'll stay with that position group and I'll go Jacoby George. Oof. To me, I don't know, man. I love the way he moves. I, I just think he's a natural talent you know, I think we see it right with his punt return ability. Um, I feel like he's always picking up 10 yards on a punt return, right. Which is, which is akin to getting a first down, right. That is a free first down. If your punt returner is getting 10 yards, that is valuable. You can just see how he's, he's got the movement. Um, I know in fall camp when we could watch practice, he was making impressive snags. Um, I just think there's a lot of potential there. Um, I also feel that same way about Romello Brinson. So I don't want to like ignore him, but if we're just picking one guy, yeah. I will go Jacoby. I'm also intrigued by Elijah, but I will yeah. admit Will Mallory coming back kind of dampens that for me, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but I'll go Jacoby. Defense, who you got? Defense. I mean, they didn't give me any restrictions on defense. I mean, Leonard Taylor, I'm, yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think, I mean, what, what is it? I don't know if that's still the case, but I think heading into this week, he led the team in tackles for loss. I don't think snap- that's the case anymore, but yeah. Okay. But he, I mean, he that's is currently at six, I believe, which okay. is ridiculous for a true freshman that barely plays. Yeah. He doesn't play that much. So um really excited about that, that next step that he can take. I assume he becomes a starter uh, in 2022, um, if not, hopefully at least at the very least, uh, gets significantly more playing time than, you know, we saw him get, uh, at points this year. So when he puts it all together, I mean, I think he's a double digit tackle for lost guy throughout the rest of his Miami career. Right. Another year in the weight room. 
Yeah, that's, he yeah. didn't get a he didn't get a spring. I guess he got some of the end of the tail summer. end of the summer. He yeah. did have a full summer. Yeah. Okay, so he got a summer and I mean him with this what he's already done plus a whole spring plus another summer. Yeah, give me give me give me LT on that one. I'll go deep dive. I'll go Chase Smith. Um, Ooh, love that. I assume they're going to move him to his the position he should have always been playing linebacker. Um, you need to be on staff, David. You needed to make that decision no, a while no, no. ago. <laughs> I don't want that smoke. Uh, yeah, I think Chase Smith, you know, there's been uh, the last couple of years a uh, void of talent at the linebacker level, middle and weak. Um, I think Chase Smith is a guy that has big time potential as a weak side linebacker from a size, speed, length standpoint. Um, I think he would, to me, he's one of the solutions moving forward at linebacker uh, for this program. You know, they got to go figure out, I think, some depth at that spot. But to me, moving Chase Smith to, I would assume, weak side linebacker would, would answer some of those concerns. So apologize if we didn't get to your questions. We tried to answer as many as possible within this 30-minute window. Stay locked on to InsideTheU.com. Uh, we're dropping nuggets here and there on anything kind of hearing um, with this AD search, etc. Again, appreciate all you guys subscribing, having a lot of guys jumping in, join the website. That means so much to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think we'll probably have another podcast until, you know, before Thanksgiving, but still just want to say happy Thanksgiving week. Um, you know, being grateful, showing gratitude for what you do have in life. I think it is so important. Sorry if I'm being annoying, preachy guy, but love it. You know, we're all breathing air. We got blood in our bodies. Life Amen. is good. Uh, Till next time, everyone. Take care.